from Anthony Mundine to Jeff Horn and UFC 221. We've got a combat sports edition of The Splash today. It's Wednesday, the 18th of January. It's time for your daily dose of sporting agenda. Your audio edition of the Fox Sports homepage. The Splash with your host, Phil Pryor. Yeah, welcome into the Splash on this Combat Sports Edition. I am your host, Phil Pryor, joined alongside Nathan Ryan, who is one of our uh, regular uh, journalists and content producers for UFC and boxing, uh, and of course, NRL as well. Welcome in, Nathan. Good to be here, Phil. Looking forward to chatting with a special guest on the Splash, and I'll allow you to, to introduce him, but... Um, looking forward to talking a bit of boxing and uh, Anthony Mundine. Yeah, plenty going on in the in the the world of sport, particularly here in Australia at the moment. The Big Bash tournament is heating up. Uh, Alex Carey of the Adelaide Strikers with a huge ton overnight highlights, of course, on the website uh, and also Australian Open wise. Uh, we had some jerk in the crowd make a name for himself with a camera uh, in, at the Nick Kyrgios. Uh, match last night um, on Hyacinth Arena. Uh, Kyrgios, of course, makes it through to the third round. All those highlights also on the website. And, Nath, we will be chatting UFC a little bit later in the program. But we'll kick off this combat sports edition of The Splash. I'm joined also on the line by Cody Kay, uh, of course, over at Fox Sports News 500. You've seen his beautiful face on TV reporting boxing, reporting NRL uh, and everything else that comes with it. How are we today, Codes? Very good, mate. All the better for that introduction. None would be delighted with that. <laughs> um, yeah, look. I'll have to tell her. Yeah, and uh, of course, you've been um, heading along to all the boxing events that have been going on around Australia in the last few months. Jeff Horn has certainly given Australian boxing a shot in the arm. Um, and last night was no different as well with Anthony Mundine uh, creating quite a bit of interest with his fight at the star with Tommy Brown. Um, and he did his, his critics and his reputation no harm either with a second round KO on the bell. I, I would love um, to hear your thoughts, Cody, on the fight itself uh, and also what it actually means in the in the broader perspective of things. Yeah, well, look, it was a hell of a performance, wasn't it? And I have to say, um, you know, Anthony has made his entire career, whether it was you're talking about legal boxing, he's made a career out of proving people wrong. And, look, I, I have to say, I didn't think um, that Anthony was capable of that performance anymore. Um, I'm a little bit shocked because he looked absolutely 42 fantastic. Years 42 old. years old. Yeah. Um, look, he hadn't, he hadn't fought since... Uh, February of last year when he had the controversial loss uh, to Danny Green. He hadn't fought a year prior to that. So to come out and to perform the way he did... And look, Tommy Brown's no... Tommy Brown's no slouch. He's been around for a very long time. And um, uh, look, skill-wise, he's not on Anthony's level, but he wanted that fight very, very badly. And the weight shot came out and performed as a 42-year-old man. He fought like a 21-year-old that had a point to prove. Um, And the one thing about Anthony Mundine, he's never had the power, but his timing's always been fantastic. And that's how he stops, guys. And it just goes to show that... Uh, while speed is often one of the first things to go, Anthony's still got those that crisp punching ability. And, gee, that first shot that he caught Tommy with in the second, that right hand, and the way he went after him uh, after that, he just jumped on him. And, and it was beautiful the way he finished it. It was textbook. It really doesn't get any better than that. And the left hook to to put Tommy Brown to sleep, um, I don't know if Anthony's ever thrown a better shot than that. I really don't. Yeah, yeah it, indeed. And, uh, Nath, the, 
the tirade that Mundine went on, you know, the publicity stunt in the build-up to this fight, it, all, it, it kind of also made you concerned that maybe his focus wasn't on Tommy Brown and, and it was, you know, somewhere down the line, uh, a guy by the name of Jeff Horn. <laughs> yeah, well, I, guess, I guess that's typical of, of Anthony. He's always uh, liked to set things up for the, for the future and then post-fight, he directly went to Jeff Horn, called mm. him out, Yet again, whether that fight happens, personally, I don't think that it, it will. Um, Jeff will go on to bigger and, and, and better things. Anthony Mundine needs the fight more than Jeff Horn mm. needs the fight. But no, nothing surprises me. I, the thing that I love about Anthony Mundine, and he is a polarizing character, a lot of people have divided opinions on him, but I, I, I love the, the theatrics that, that comes along with it. And it's something that the boxing in Australia needs. There's so much competition for you know, that, that time on, on the website or in the paper that you've got to be a bit out there. Whether that means saying something a little controversial, so be it. But, but Anthony Mundine's never pulled any punches on his, his opinions. But I, Australia, I'm, you got punked for yeah. the last decade <laughs> because Anthony Mundine knows yeah. exactly what he's doing. He, he does. He does. And, and Cody will be able to tell, the, tell you this as well. When the cameras are on, Anthony the showman comes out. And when the cameras are off, he's actually a really great guy, isn't he, Cody? Look, I was just about to, to say that, Nate. Um, I'll tell you a quick story about Shock. Um, I think he's Australia's most misunderstood, um, not just athlete, but personality. Of all the guys, of all the sports people that I've dealt with over the years, boxers, rugby league players, whoever it is, Anthony, first of all, I think he's the most interesting because he's the most misunderstood. But he is, Nate, as you said, he's a lovely guy. And um, back in about 2002 or three, I don't remember exactly what year it was, when he won the WBA uh, middleweight title beating Antoine Eccles, my brother and I were out at a nightclub, and um, we were at a good bar. I don't know if anyone remembers that joint. It was an R&B club, and it was a, it was a Wednesday night, and Shock was there. He just won the belt. Doesn't drink. But uh, my brother and I at that stage, we were big Shock fans, because we always admired his ability to, um, to perform. And Anyway, long story short, um, my, baby, my baby twin brother and I basically found ourselves in a situation where we were in a bit of strife with a couple of blokes, and we'd gone up and spoken to Chuck earlier in the night, and he was very, very lovely and gave us time, and um, Chuck sort of saw us outnumbered by these guys and jumped in and just calmed the whole situation down and saved my brother and I from getting our heads kicked in. Um, and, like, there are all these stories about Chuck that no one hears, and as you said, Nate, he's a showman, and um, he says a lot of stuff because he knows that people are going to pay to watch him fight. That's the first fight in his career that wasn't pay-per-view, and um, mm. he is the most understood guy, and a lot of the stuff that he says is in jest, and yes, it gets people offside, but at the end of the day, it's made him a lot of money, and I just hope that one day the Australian public get to find out a little bit more about who Anthony actually is because he's a lovely, genuine, caring guy that um, does a lot for the community, and um, I honestly can't speak highly enough of him, and I, I wish people saw that side of him more often. And before we move on, Cody, one more question I have about Anthony Mundine. Is he realistically one of Australia's uh, most gifted athletes of all time, the way that you know he sort of sells it, but, but he's also sold it to a lot of other Australian sporting fans out there that, um, that maybe he is, but... When you look at what he's achieved in boxing um, compared to others, it it might not stack up that well. Um, where do you kind of rank him in terms of Australian athletes? Is it a bit of is that a misunderstanding? I think if you look at him just in terms of Australian athletes, um, no doubt about it, he's in the conversation for one of our best ever because of his wow. durability and what he's been able to achieve. Um, and it like codes as ultimate, well, Cody. You know, it's too Exactly sports. right. We forget about that. You know, we forget about that. And whether he was a very polarizing figure in rugby league, but geez, he was a hell of a 5'8". Um, mm. I think the one big regret that Anthony's going to have um, 
Anthony did have, if he'd stayed around middleweight and super middleweight, I've got no doubt he would have would have won more world titles and he could have fought some of the best. And I think he could have certainly beaten some of the best back in his prime. He wasted a lot of time fighting domestic fighters and making a name for himself here and, and earning a lot of money. And I think that is one of Anthony's regrets, that when, when he had the chance to go and fight those bigger fights overseas, he didn't really pursue them. Um, at the end of the day, I know that'll probably one of, be one of those regrets that he has. And um, he talks now about wanting the big fights against Alvarez and all the rest of it. Um, that won't happen. But I do, I have to say, I think he's a very good chance of getting the Jack Horn fight because at the end of the day, it's prize fighting. And Anthony's still a big name. Um, that'll that'll make money. <laughs> it will make oh, money. Will. There's absolutely no doubt about it. And, and, and look, Jeff sees it as an easy fight. So if it's an easy $2 million, um, you take it. I don't know how they work it out in terms of when, he, when they do that fight, but the other, you know, it wouldn't be at um, the welterweight limit where he's supposed to fight, where Horn is supposed to fight Crawford. So, how um, does it happen uh, potentially? Because it, because it, it looks as though Horn and Terence Crawford is is all but locked in for Vegas, April twenty one. Yeah, so I don't think they'll. I mean, that's obviously going to be at the welterweight limit of sixty six kilos, where Jeff owns the WBO belt. I think they do it at a catchweight, where um, Jeff comes up. Maybe they fight at about seventy one, seventy two. And Chock can get down to that weight as well. So that means that Jeff doesn't have to relinquish the belt and he can make a payday. I, I think it's a really good chance of happening. I really, really do. Well, maybe it's Especially more likely, like, if Jeff goes over to to Vegas and gets beaten by Crawford, maybe it's a good bounce-back option for him to come back home, um, fight again in a, in a uh, you know, a, a bout that does... Uh, create plenty of interest and he sort of starts his rebuild taking on Anthony Mundine in a, in a fight that almost stops the nation. It does, but the other thing you've got to remember as well is that right now both these guys are winning and if Jeff goes over there and gets towed up by Crawford, the mystique of that fight with Anthony, it loses a bit of momentum. So that's why it's always this juggling act and that's why it's hard sometimes to make those big fights because if you do it now, they're both winning and everyone's really interested. If Jeff goes over there and gets beaten up by Crawford, who's a phenomenal fighter and really does have claimed to being one of the best pound-for-pounders in the world right now. Um, I don't know. I think it changes the dynamic. So if I was Jeff, um, I'd be taking that chalk fight before Crawford. Okay. Co- I was going to say to you, Cody, if he does beat Jeff Crawford, I almost think that fighting Anthony Mundine, aside from the payday, would be a, a step back. It's a waste so, of time. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah, so you've hit right. the nail on the head there. He, he needs to squeeze the chalk fight in before Crawford. Okay. I, I don't know if there's enough time for them to do that. No. Not, not if, if, uh, not if, it's, if, in April, if no. it's April 21. You wouldn't think. No. Um, uh, Cody, what's the biggest fight of the year? Anthony Joshua v. Joseph Parker, March 31, for that heavyweight title, or this Alvarez v. Gennady Golovkin rematch on May 5, which both fights appear to be locked away now? Yeah, look, I, I'm, I'm a massive Golovkin and Alvarez fan. Um, I think that's the biggest fight of the year. I think it's the most interesting fight for sure. Uh, the first one was a phenomenal draw. Um, neither guy deserved to lose. I, I do think that Alvarez has timed it well in terms of when he's got Golovkin. He's got Golovkin at the back end of his career. As far as the heavyweight mm. fight between Parker and um, Anthony Joshua, uh, you know, maybe going back two years, I thought Anthony, I thought Joseph Parker rather had Anthony's measure. I don't think that's the case anymore. I think Parker's peaked a little bit. I think you've heard in the press conference and the way he's spoken about it recently said, I don't care if I win or lose, I just want to have a good fight. Um, that's not something you'd hear Anthony Joshua say. Anthony Joshua goes in expecting to win this fight and to win it by knockout. Um, so, look, it'll be a really interesting fight, but I do think the big one is Golovkin and Alvarez. It'll be on May 5. Um, 
over in Las Vegas. It'll be huge, and that's the one I'm... As a fight fan um, and a, as, a, as a boxing journalist, that's the one that I'm most interested in because I think the winner of that has the opportunity to shape the division. Um, and obviously, in the heavyweight division, I think, I think Joshua probably loses his WBO belt to um, AJ, and AJ goes and fights Wilder, and that is a big fight. Or if... Um, if my man Tyson Fury can get off the piss and lose a few kilos and Jeez. actually come back it's and fight. Ask. Um, it's a big ask. It is a big ask. Looks it like is he is dropping ask. a few kilos on this ketosis diet. Yeah, but then I also, I also saw him post something the other day with, on Twitter or Instagram, whatever it was, with uh, him holding a Guinness saying, you know, after a long week of training, I've earned a Guinness. I guarantee you Anthony Joshua isn't, getting, isn't hitting the piss. Tyson Fury isn't just having one Guinness either. <laughs> no, he's not having one Guinness. He doesn't know. But look, I love him. And, um, you know, talent-wise, um, I think he's a way better boxer than Anthony Joshua. Anthony Joshua gets hit a lot. Mm. And I, I think mm. that the big muscles slow him down a little bit. But um, the Wilder fight's really interesting. I, I think Wilder probably probably stops AJ because he's just got this sickening punching power. But hopefully that's another one we're going to get to see this year as well. Okay. Thanks very much for, uh, for your uh, excellent boxing insight. Cody, uh, and yeah, have a Pleasure, nice... Boys. You've got a day off today, I believe. Uh, what's, Mate, what's... you know what? I'm sitting here right now, just quietly, and I'm rigging up my fishing rods <laughs> while we're having a chat. It's I'm a going fishing. <laughs> that is perfect. <laughs> Good stuff, mate. Thanks for joining the Splash today. Lovely to chat to you, boys. It's time to talk some UFC. All right. Uh, we do have, of course, a big, um, a big fight. Uh, a, sorry, a big card coming up in Perth, UFC 221. Mm. Um, but unfortunately, not the fight that we were hoping for uh, with Rob Whitaker announcing some sad news earlier in the week. Yeah, shattering for uh, Australian and UFC fans across the globe. Rob Whitaker, an undisclosed injury has forced him out of this uh, first title defense. And we don't. We still don't know the injury. Um, there's been a lot of mystery and mystique around mm. uh, what actually took place. Uh, the only thing that Rob has said, he issued a statement apologising to the fans that uh, he has been injured and, and won't be able to defend the, the title. So in his place, Yoel Romero will be fighting Luke Rockhold for the interim title. Mm. Um, my money's on Luke Rockhold. Uh, still... a, a- Massive fight in in its own right. Yeah, yeah, very much so. And we, we've been blessed that uh, Luke Rockhold has been here uh, before, fought um, Michael Bisping a couple of years ago on the UFC Sydney Fight Night. So uh, Luke Rockhold is somebody that Australian fight fans will be very familiar with, a, a former champion himself. So um, it's it's still, even though while it's it's a blow losing Whitaker to headline the card, it's still a very strong card. Yeah, well, yeah, let's talk about it because, you know, names like Mark Hunt um, yes. on the undercard and um, a stack of uh, interesting Aussies with interesting narratives heading into this card. Yeah, very much so. You know, you'd expect that being an Aussie card that the UFC are, are going to feature a lot of local fighters and, and take it seriously. You mentioned Mark Hunt, who's ranked uh, fifth in the heavyweight division. He'll take on Curtis Blades, uh, who's a heavy hitter himself, ranked ninth in the division. Uh, tied to Avasa, former uh, yeah. Roosters 20s uh, prodigy. He Trains out at Western Sydney somewhere, I believe. He does indeed, yeah. yep. Uh, this will be his second fight. Had a very impressive uh, knockout debut. So 
it's exciting to to see him fight again. Looks like uh, a young fighter with plenty of promise. And I love yeah, his, his yeah. entrance music. Okay. A Thousand Miles. <laughs> you know the song. Yeah. We yeah, all yeah. know the song. Yeah. Uh, that, that, White Chicks Made It Famous. That's good. <laughs> um, and, uh, it, and, and, but in all seriousness on, on him as well, uh, you said he's got promise, but mm. this guy could go a long way in UFC based well, on... Um, he's, he's so young. He's so big and so versatile. Yeah. He can for, just for a, a big guy, he moves so well. He can kick you, he can punch you, he can he can really hurt you. So I think that the UFC know that they've got something special here and another strong performance is is just going to catapult him to the next level. And it's not just tied to Avasa, there's a number of other Aussie uh, products like Jake Matthews who who yeah. returned uh, from a long layoff with a win uh, in Sydney. Tyson Pedro who was in Jake Matthews' corner, uh, Damian Brown he had a great fight at, at the last Sydney event. Uh, so did Alexander uh, Volkanovski. So both of those men will be fighting in Perth on February 11th. Uh, so plenty of talent. Yeah, absolutely. And Conor McGregor is always in the headlines, of course. Uh, he was uh, prominently featured on the Fox Sports Australia homepage yesterday with news that, well, there are reports out there that um, he might also be stripped of his lightweight title. He hasn't fought in about 14 months, yeah. I believe. He's already been stripped of the featherweight title. Yep. Um, what's the situation here? Yeah, well, as as you mentioned, 14 months, it's a long time with without having your, your championship uh, being defended. So unless he decides that he's going to actively fight again, uh, it appears that Dana White will strip him over the weekend of, of that title, which means Tony Ferguson and Khabib uh, Nama... I always stuff up Namurga his name. Madov. Namurga Medov. There it Namurga is. Let's Medov. just refer to him as Khabib because it's much easier, but it looks like uh, those two will fight for the title at UFC... 223 in Brooklyn. Uh, okay. That'll be in a couple of months' time. Uh, and, and they will fight for the, the lightweight title. Yeah, interesting. And and uh, Aussie Jessica Rose Clark. Yes. The other night, there was a fight night the other night in the mm-hmm. UFC. Um, and, uh, and, and she uh, chalked up a win that could propel her into uh, a main event down the track fighting for a title. Yeah, well, she's ranked around 10th. Uh, at the moment, so she will need a another couple of really strong performances to get a title shot. Uh, but it, it it definitely seems that her career is projecting that way. She fought Paige Van Zant, the uh, the glamour fighter of the mm. the UFC, uh, one of their their favourites, and and that's been a, a massive blow to to her you know, press for a, a, a title shot. Uh, she actually broke her arm. Yeah, I was going to say, there's a video on our, on, on the Fox Sports website where you, you sort of see she's in, in the corner uh, between rounds telling her camp that she, she thinks she has a broken arm and yeah. then and then and then her trainer goes get out there yeah you'll be right <laughs> and then post fight she's posted the x-rays and a photo of her in in hospital and yeah, yeah. there's a there's a clean break in the arm so Jeez. a gutsy performance uh from Paige Van Zant but uh huge respect to the Australian Jessica Rose Clark 30 years of age um yeah she's based in Las Vegas and actually had her home broken into 
in the lead up to yeah. this fight. So and her her cat was killed or something like pretty heavy stuff to be sort of telling the world straight after a fight. Heavy stuff to head into the octagon in the yeah. back of your mind. Yeah, you've 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 got a, a serious fight that you need to prepare Four, for. And all out. of this is yeah. is happening. You know, thirty grand worth of jewelry uh, being stolen, and I, I guess just the invasion of knowing that there was an intruder in in your home. So uh, huge respect to to Jessica for pulling out a, a very uh, dis- decisive uh, win and and really catapulting her name. Um, you know, for a, a future title shot. Yeah, it's been a huge combat sports edition of the Splash, Nathan Ryan, boxing, and of course, UFC. What have I missed? You know, it, this is a, it's the start of the year. There are plenty of big fights, um, you know, in the process of being confirmed. We mentioned Jeff Horn and Terence Crawford, potentially Vegas, April 21. Um, UFC 221 coming up Feb 11 as well. What have I missed? <laughs> uh, there's still Australian uh, Open going on at the moment, but um, it's, oh, it's well, funny we, that... You, you could know. classify that as combative <laughs> well, in was, some I, respects, I, I suppose. I was going to say, you know, it's funny that th- this time of the year, there's so much Australian sport going on and, and we managed to find a slot to talk a bit of combat sport. You know, we're <laughs> very lucky as sports fans. There's always something going on. Actually, Rob Murray, one of the uh, one of the guys up in editorial yesterday uh, who I sit next to as, as I'm walking out the door, he said... Mate, what are you going to have on the telly tonight? You've got yeah. Mundine, you got the Big Sports Bash, you got choice. Nick Kyrgios. Mm. And I said, mate, I'm out for the next two nights. So yeah. it's brownie points with the missus. <laughs> Left the TV off and uh, checked all the highlights this morning, I hate to admit. And here I was <laughs> sitting in front of the TV with some Chinese food just flicking between channels. <laughs> well, luckily Fox Sports, uh, the website has all the highlights for those like myself that did miss uh, everything that went on last night. As you mentioned, uh, the Australian Open underway, Nick Kyrgios takes on Joe Wilfred Songer tomorrow evening in what's going to be uh, an absolutely exhilarating third round matchup. Um, Joe Wilfred being one of Kyrgios' heroes growing up as well. Uh, Very similar styles as well. Very flamboyant. Uh, There's going to be fireworks uh, at Melbourne Park tomorrow night, that's for sure. Uh, Nathan Ryan, thanks very much for joining the Splash today. Always a pleasure, Phil. And that'll do us on this Wednesday. Uh, Keep clicking back to foxsports.com.au. Hit subscribe for the Splash. We're going to get bigger and better as January and the rest of 2018 unfolds. And until next time, that's a wrap. (laughs) 